Hello, my name is Anisha Freeman. I'm also known as the locksmith because I make keys for locks in the mind. I'm a master's level therapist and my specialty is cognitive restructuring, meaning I introduce people to dysfunctional unconscious beliefs that make decisions for them without their conscious awareness. I also provide people with tools real tools to help them reprogram their minds with functional beliefs. Welcome to my podcast, Improving the Bottom Line by Addressing Problems Appropriately. This podcast is for managers, supervisors, and leaders, but anyone can benefit from the information. How will we improve the bottom line by addressing problems appropriately? Well, by addressing dysfunctional unconscious beliefs that cause people to handle problems inappropriately. This is episode two of series two of my podcast. So a little bit about me. I have a bachelor's degree in business. I have a master's degree in business administration. I have a master's degree in social work. And for three years, I was the personal assistant to the Honorable Reverend George K. Hartwell, who was the director of the Community Leadership Institute. I was his assistant at the Institute. He was also the mayor of Grand Rapids, Michigan. So for three years, I observed and interacted with a phenomenal leader. As I said earlier, I specialize in cognitive restructuring, and I created an award-winning program entitled The Lies That Bind. Both programs, I have a youth and an adult model, and both programs have been manualized, and I train other service providers. My work has been featured on a PBS show entitled Inner Compass. I was the clinical director at two organizations, so I've served in leadership positions, and I've also served on various community boards and committees. In my podcast, I use certain terms interchangeably. Whenever you hear me use the terms issues, unaddressed issues, and lies, I'm referring to dysfunctional, unconscious beliefs that cause people to engage in self-defeating behaviors repeatedly despite the consequences. Most of these beliefs, and I say most of these beliefs, because there's exceptions to the rule, most of these beliefs are programmed into people's minds during the formative years by how they are treated and by what they observe. But there's, all, there's also a third way these beliefs become implanted into people's minds, unconscious minds. Some beliefs act as a landing pad that flags in other beliefs. For example, if a person has been programmed to believe there's something wrong with you, that belief can flag in the belief you have to compensate for your presence with goods and services. You have to pay people for interacting with you because there's something wrong with you. Most of these beliefs are totally antithetical to how people consciously think, what we consciously know, believe, and articulate. And I say most because some individuals who are afflicted by perfectionism, they are aware to a certain extent of the belief you have to get it right the first time, but they may not be aware of all the unconscious implications of that belief. 
For example, a person who's afflicted by that belief, they may patiently mentor a novice in their field. They don't expect the person person they're mentoring to get it right the first time, but they put that unrealistic expectation on themselves. Some people who are afflicted by a belief that falls under the umbrella of a sense of inadequacy may be totally unaware of the belief compared to others, you come up short. This belief makes certain individuals feel envious of other people that the lie rate as superior. Some individuals who are afflicted by the belief compared to others, you come up short, they may make self-debasing remarks based on the lies rating. So the same dysfunctional belief can affect people differently. And it's hard to fight an invisible enemy. That's the power of the unconscious mind. And Sigmund Freud's theory is that in order to help people, you have to bring the information that's in their unconscious minds to their conscious awareness. I totally agree with his theory. I just have different techniques. <laughs> so we're gonna the dysfunctional belief that we're addressing today that exasperates problems is the belief blame others for your actions or lack of actions. I've nicknamed that belief the throw people under the bus belief. It's a money pit. Now I chose this belief because it's not as obvious as other unconscious beliefs that I talk about that cause problems, such as the belief criticize and complain, but don't seek solutions or the belief talk very profoundly about the problem, but take no actions or actions to change anything. I've discussed those two those two beliefs in a previous podcast. I talk about how those beliefs hijack the agenda at staff meetings. So I'm going to focus on a belief that's not as obvious. Blame others for your actions or lack of actions in this podcast. This disbelief caused problems to exacerbate that are hurting the bottom line. People who are afflicted by this belief often blame others for what they did that caused the problem instead of addressing the problem. They blame others for what they did not do that caused the problem instead of addressing the problem. They also tend to ignore the additional problems that manifest when they throw people under the bus instead of admitting fault and correcting the problem. For example, when a leader throws people under the bus, the people who work with them, work under them, lose respect. They lose respect for the leader. And so loss of respect causes other problems. It lowers employees' morale. And so low morale causes low productivity. So there's other problems that manifest. People afflicted by this belief ignore the fact that the same problems keep happening because of what they did or did not do. They ignore the amount of money the company or organization lost based on the actions they did or did not take. Dr. R. Joseph, a noted expert in the fields of neuroscience and psychology, says there's a way out for people who were raised in an environment or environments in which these types of dysfunctional unconscious beliefs were transmitted to them. 
He says they have to be able to recognize the maladaptive, self-destructive patterns they've been engaging in. He says it's difficult for people to change their behavior if they cannot recognize it. So a lot of people who are afflicted by the belief blame others for your actions or lack of actions. They may be unaware of what they're doing. They may actually believe it's other people's fault. They may not be conscious, consciously aware of the of their actions that are producing problems because they've been blaming others for so long. They actually think that other people are the problem. Dr. Joseph says individuals must also become educated about the alternatives available, meaning alternative ways of thinking and alternative ways of behaving. And so here's a functional belief, an alternative way of thinking <laughs> that challenges the dysfunctional belief we're addressing today. I call it the admitted and corrected belief. So this belief challenges the lie, blame others for your actions or lack of actions. When people hear an individual they are considering working for or hiring or contracting with blaming others for his or her actions or lack of actions, they lose respect for the person. They realize they can't trust the blame thrower to own his or her role in situations, meaning other professionals who have healthy thought processes know that people make mistakes. They also know that it's very important for individuals to admit when they make mistakes in order to make the necessary corrections, especially when the work is time sensitive and most work is time sensitive. Blame throwing is a time wasting, money consuming activity. In addition, if a person does not own his or her role in whatever happened, it's a good chance the same situation will occur again. Pursuing a contract with or working for or hiring a person who blames others for his or her actions or lack of actions is not a wise business decision. A person who accepts responsibility for his or her role in situations does not waste time blame, blaming others. He or she uses time for damage control and note to self reflections. Other professionals who have opportunities that this individual could benefit from will gladly work with this person because he or she is an admitted, quitted, and corrected type of person. So here are some strategies to address the behaviors associated with this dysfunctional belief. For the behavior of blaming others for what they did that caused the problem instead of addressing the problem, admit when you admit what you did that caused the problem. Use the problem-solving model to address the problem. So for people who may not be aware with the problem-solving model, there's several out there, but one that's very common is identify the problem, make sure it's not the symptom, generate three possible solutions, select the solution you believe will be the best, so that's the best fit, implement the solution, and then evaluate if it fixed the problem, if it did not, then go back and choose one of the other solutions that you generated and then implement that. 
that solution. If other people make decisions that contributed to the problem, help them accept responsibility for their roles. Because some leaders, I've heard leaders say that, hey, I'm the leader, so I take full responsibility for what went wrong. That sounds very noble, but, <laughs> but when that's going to the other extreme. So blame others for your actions or lack of actions is what I've coined as a villain-based belief. There's for every villain-based belief, there's a villain, there's a victim belief counterpart. So it goes either way. For every victim belief, there's a villain belief counterpart. So the victim counterpart for blame others for your actions or lack of actions is the victim belief. Everything is your fault. Now, if a leader is unpacking a situation to see, okay, what's the problem? We're using the problem-solving model. They should deconstruct the, the problem, take full responsibility for their role. But if other people played a role in the problem, they need to take responsibility for their role or the problem might happen again. So for the behavior of blaming others for what they did not do that caused the problem instead of addressing the problem, admit what you did not do that caused the problem. Do damage control. Do a note to self reflection. Hindsight 2020. Acknowledge what you will do in the future to avoid similar problems. For the behavior, the behavior of ignoring the additional problems that manifest when they throw people under the, under the bus instead of admitting fault and correcting the problem. Stop throwing people under the bus for what you did. Use the time you previously spent blame throwing, fixing the problems you caused. For the behavior of ignoring the fact that the same problems keep happening because of what they did or did not do, create new policies and procedures to ensure the same problems don't reoccur. Create a culture of continuous quality improvement. So I want to give an example of, of what, what happens when an organization does not have that type of culture. So I worked at an organization before, I'm not gonna name them, I've worked at a lot of organizations, but there were certain people at that organization who would ask for feedback in meetings. They would be announcing an ideal or a new policy or procedures that the company was considering, you know, adapting or adopting. And when people would give feedback, the leaders that asked for the feedback would shut them down or make a sarcastic remark if they didn't like the feedback or if the feedback challenged them to revisit their idea or rethink the way they were going to do a particular thing. And so I would hear people mumbling under their breath at the meeting. They were, the information, the things they were saying under their breath was information that would have been very beneficial to the company. And so it's very important that when you're addressing problems or, you know, a or trying to identify problems, that there's a culture where people feel safe to speak up. Now, I'm a, an award-winning activist. I don't have a problem speaking up. So in one of those meetings, they were talking about inst instituting a, a, a new procedure and I gave my feedback. You know, I said there's pros and cons and I listed what I thought were pros and cons. 
And so the person facilitating the meeting, who, the meeting who was a leader, shut me down with a sarcastic comment. And I didn't say anything. You know, I know I'm, I'm a professional. I know how to handle myself. So afterwards, I went to her office and I said, can I speak to you for a moment? So I went in, I closed the door very professionally, and I assertively stood up for myself. I told her that I felt disrespected. I said, I respect you. I don't disrespect you. And you asked for feedback. And if you didn't want feedback, I don't believe you should have asked us for feedback. And so she did apologize and explain she was under a lot of stress and pressure and she didn't mean to do that. But the but the culture, it, you know, of, of, of that particular department, it wasn't the entire organization because the organization was huge, but it was that particular department. Some of the leaders had created a culture where people would not speak up about problems. They wouldn't give their input. So a lot of times the same problems kept happening or what the leaders thought were was the appropriate solution was not a good solution. It didn't work. It didn't address the problem because they weren't open to feedback. So I just wanted to make that point because it's very important. For the behavior of ignoring the amount of money the company or organization lost based on the actions they did or did not take, quantify how much money blame throwing is costing the company. Quantify how much money admitted, quitted, and corrected is saving the company. So if you're interested in my work or would like for me to come in and do trainings for your company or organization, you can contact me via email at afreeman at anishaconsulting.com. I do three-hour trainings, one-day trainings, two-day trainings. And for therapists who are and counselors who are interested in becoming trained and certified in my award-winning cognitive restructuring program, I have a five-day training, a five-day training for the adult model and a five-day training for the youth model. You can also contact me via the contact page on either of my websites. My website, one of my websites is anishaconsulting.com. The other is anishaspeaks.com. I'm also a motivational speaker with a powerful come from behind victory story. On my website, anishaconsulting.com, I offer material that people can purchase, the general public can purchase. So these workbooks, the adult reenactment of the childhood script, the 100 most commonly seen unconscious lies. It's really 200. It's 100 victim lies and 100 villain lies. So it's it's 200, but I say 100 because it's the same lie. It's just two versions of the lies. This workbook comes with two sets of my cognitive restructuring belief system cards. They're four and a half by six and a half cards that have the dysfunctional belief on the front and the functional belief on the back, what I call the deactivation code. I also have a workbook entitled My Unaddressed Issues Make My Budget and My Schedule. Each, each of the 200 dysfunctional unconscious beliefs make demands on people's time and their money. And here's the manuals. These manuals, my program manuals are not available for general public. These are the manuals that, that service providers receive when they go through the five-day training. This is my adult program manual, it's 410 pages. This is my youth program manual, it's 523 pages. I also have books available and audios, audio trainings and teachings on my website. Be sure to check out episode three 
of series two of my podcast. And the topic will be improving the bottom line by improving staff morale. I will release, I release a version or a series of my episode rather of my podcast every Wednesday. I look forward to talking to you next, talking with you next week. Bye-bye.